Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is David and Matty to talk about the two recent defeats to Fiorentina and Rangers and we preview the next three games. How are we this week guys? Good question Ross, good question. <laughs> I, I think it's one that probably doesn't need answered. No. Furious. Raging. <laughs> Give us a word Gordon. <laughs> Not a happy bunny, Ross. Highly dissatisfied. <laughs> what did you make of that performance on, on Thursday then, Gordon? Well, we'll go right in and Fiorentina result. I mean, it wasn't good enough, was it? Oh, are we, uh, are we skipping the Rangers one, are we? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> a real shame. A real shame. Um, yeah, fine, I'm happy to start with, with Fiorentina. It's certainly uh, fresh in my memory. Um, I thought it was a disgraceful performance. Um, I knew within nine seconds of the game kicking off um, exactly how the game was going to go. In fact, I even was moaning in our group chat before they even scored, um, which I think is quite impressive. Um, they took kickoff, <clears throat> and within seconds, their centre-half is standing on the halfway line with his foot on the ball. Not a single player is coming out to meet him and press him. And we, we spoke about this last week. In fact, we've spoken about it virtually before every big game at Tynecastle, is that you need to come out get in their faces um, and, and get the fans on, on side, you know, because I thought the fans were up for it. You know, the atmosphere, you could tell, was was a little bit tasty. Um, sold out Tyne Castle against a side who, I'm sorry, it's not Real Madrid, it's not Barcelona. It's a mid-table Serie A side who, yes, you respect, will be decent. They've got a bigger budget than us, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I'm sorry, there was no reason to fear that side on, on Thursday there. And you could see right away that the, the team looked petrified. It was set up simply to defend, simply to keep as many numbers behind the ball as possible. And I, I don't know what the plan was, just to maybe get to 60 minutes at 0-0 and then maybe maybe try and put Humphreys on or something and, and have a go then. Um, our, our key attacking players were isolated out wide. Um, our, our striker, who has virtually zero pace, is camped on the halfway line, also isolated. Um, zero chance of getting out and, and actually doing anything. Um, it, it was pathetic. And, and then we gave away a, an absolutely ridiculous goal um, that they didn't even have to work hard for. It was a long ball over the top, um, knocked down, put in, 1-0 down, and, and that the game was over after that. That, 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 that. that was generally simple. And it just came to the stage where how many are they going to score tonight? Um, and that, that's the most disappointing thing because Europe should have been a free hit for me um, it was a real chance to to lay a marker down, gain some really good experience, some enjoyable famous nights under the lights, and um, and we've set up and and I don't want to watch that type of football. I don't want to watch that from a Hearts team. If we get beat by superior opposition who have tore us apart and deservedly won the game, then fine. I, I always remember Tottenham coming to Tynecastle, and they're the best team I've seen um, beat beat a Hearts team, and they were excellent. I stayed right to the final whistle. Um, and I still clapped the team off because you could clearly see they were outclassed. Twelve months later, Liverpool came to town and we were beat by an own goal. But we started like a house on fire. The atmosphere was brilliant. Hit the post. Rainers made saves. And in the end, unfortunately, we, we were just unlucky that night. But again, you can accept that because you've left everything on the park. Didn't see that tonight. Didn't see it again in Istanbul. Nielsen talks about how uh, we've got to learn lessons. Well, it was a carbon copy for the Istanbul game. Set up exactly the same way. And he got pumped uh, that, 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 that night as well. You know, defensively, we were a shambles. Gave away four goals. Didn't even lay a glove on them. And this, for me, is a team that... And they weren't any better than Istanbul, by the way. Um, I, I, I look to that Fiorentina. I've, I've seen people say, oh, we're outclassed. You know, you've got to hold your hands up. We were not outclassed on Thursday. Not at all. You know, naturally, they do have good technical players. I thought the two baldy boys in the middle of the park actually ran the show. But that's because, quite simply, it was easy for them. Um, they were under no pressure. They dictated the play of the game, and and that's the most disappointing thing for me. I, 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 when I seen Ginelli was starting, I thought, right, good, he's going to have a little bit of pace up there with him and Mackay. Maybe they'll press further on, um, and that will maybe give opportunities for you know like Keo and and Grant to maybe nick the ball, and then we'll, we'll maybe get opportunities because I mean they're a team that, um, like I say, I thought they looked slow in possession, but we we never tested that, and the one time that we did press them was when. Uh, Cochrane came all the way up the park. He was obviously getting bored back there. Don't blame him. 
and then he came all the way up the park and, and won a throw-in, and then the crowd suddenly got on his feet again. You thought, well, if you had started like that, then then maybe the course of the game would be totally different. But listen, we see these things. We knew exactly how the game was going to go. Ended with a one-par, um, and it's just it's just not a surprise, unfortunately. And that's the most disappointing thing for me that we're sitting here again saying the same things because it's just history constantly repeating itself. And you think to yourself, we we have been shortchanged. You know, they they they, they put their hand out, said, "Here's a three-match package, famous European nights under the lights." Well. I'm sorry, 4-0 and 3-0 um, against two sides that didn't even have to come out of second gear is unacceptable for me. It was a huge disappointment, Matt. Probably an understatement saying it's a huge disappointment. I mean, why haven't we decided to, you know, as you say, as Gordon says, go for these games? We know we've set up exactly the same way. I think it's fear. I think it's fear from the management for me. I mean... I was sitting in the boozer before the game and the team came out and I looked at the team sheet and I thought, why is he starting Halliday instead of Devlin? Devlin's been our best player in Europe. Well, turns out that uh, Mr Nielsen thought that playing two left-backs and not starting either of them at left-back was the way to set up. So that was a great start to the game. Um, put Halliday in a left-wing-back, a guy that can, can do a job there at an SPL level, but he's a midfielder. He's not a, he's not a wing-back, he's a midfielder. And basically just meant that we had no width on the left-hand side whatsoever, not a criticism of Halliday, and we were camped in there with two full-backs and a child in a back three, not entirely sure why we decided that we needed to try and fit three centre-backs into a squad that has one fit centre-half, but again, I don't get paid money to pick a side, what do I know? Um, so yeah, as soon as we seen that, we all kind of knew what was going to happen. Gordon mentioned that our pressing game was non-existent, we never played our best player in Europe all season. Yeah, I know he got sent off against Rangers, but all the more reason to play him because he's not going to be fit. He can't play at the weekend, so we're just going to go in with a tired midfield now and didn't have our best presser on the park and, our, for me, our best player in Europe this season playing. Uh, Shanklin was isolated up on his own. We've seen yet again the failures of the summer for me. Uh, lack of ability or want to address the striker situation. We touched on it on this podcast back in August that we should have went all out for Sims. We did not. If you're going to play a game like that, you need someone that can hold the ball up, give you an out ball, press from the front, give you some pace and behind and a bit of a threat. We don't have that. We're playing a poacher up front who I really like Shankland, but if you're going to play him isolated at the top end of a 5-4-1, then don't bother starting him. It's a colossal waste of time. Like you might as well have kept him on the bench and kept him fit for the Kelly game that's coming up because we've got a better chance of winning that than we did playing the way we were going to play midweek. And Gordon touched that. I agree. I think we've been shortchanged. I see no reason why you don't come into these games and press. Robbie comes out and says something along the lines of, oh, well, if you try and try and get at them, then they'll just pass the ball around you. Well, they just fucking pass the ball around us anyway. So what difference did it make? Oh, we never got him. But it's 4-0, 3-0 against two teams that, yes, are good teams aren't the greatest sides I've ever seen. But more importantly, they didn't have to try. They've both dropped points to Riga. We destroyed Riga away because Riga have came out and just had a go. Because what's the worst thing that happens? You get beat 3-0. We're getting beat 3-4-0 anyway. So for me, it just highlights everything I've ever disliked about Robbie Nielsen. I think his negativity endlessly costs us in big matches. It's entirely a mindset problem with a man. And I don't think it'll ever change. He's taken us to the point where I think everyone thought he would be able to take us in the league. But as per usual, his negative mindset and his pathetic tactics have been exposed once again at the top level. And it'll never change because if it was going to change, it would have changed at some point in the last six years. It's the same push as his first tenure, and I'm sick of it. Can I just, I, I'll just, I'll just quickly jump in there, by the way, because when you talk about mindset, I was reading his quotes after the game, and uh, and this I think sums him up totally. And he said. If you if you engage them high up the pitch, they play around you and open up your back line. We felt it was better to condense the space. They play a lot of long di diagonal balls. If you sit too high, there's loads of space for them. We had a decision, do we press them, leave huge gaps in behind us, or do we sit and wait at the moment and come and steal the ball? <laughs> then he says, <clears throat> and this was the one I thought was hilarious, at halftime I thought, well, I'll change it. We decided not to. They scored two goals, 
but we weren't getting picked apart. Yeah. <laughs> okay then, Robbie. <laughs> right. So you're sitting there. I just, I just love to, you know, find what his actual mindset is here. You know, he's sitting there at halftime going, uh, you know, we're two 0 down, lads, but you know, we're not getting picked apart. Um, but mind, we're not picking them apart either, are we? You know, we've had one half shot at goal. Um, do you know what? I'll no bother changing it. Let's see what happens in the first ten minutes of the second half. Red card. Game's over. Good night. No changes made at halftime. What, what what generally is the point? On his first quote as well, you're waiting on them. Uh, you know, we don't want to press up too high in case they pick us apart. They, they've done it within four minutes. You know, ball right up the park. Well, as soon as you go 1-0 down, why not just change it there and then go, right, okay, well, um, we might as well have a go here now because, uh, you know, uh, they've, they, we've gave them a sloppy goal, similar to the Rangers game. I mean, four days before that, um, when we gave them two stupid goals, and then he comes out and says that, or oh, the red card changed the game. No, your negativity changed the game. Um, just it really, really pisses me off. And then when you read shite like that as well, it's a complete utter slap in the face to every supporter who had paid a lot of money, by the way. Because listen, I've already spent thousands this year already, and we're only in October following this club, and um, and that and that's what we're getting back. Uh, just, just embarrassing. It really is, and and Matty summed it up completely. It's a mindset with uh, thing with him. Um, he'll always be a negative uh, manager. Um, the cup final as well. There you go. What one shot ago or something? Um, his 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 plan was to get the penalties. Um, it's not good enough. It's, it's it's embarrassing to actually be honest with you. For me, there's ways to lose games, right? There is ways to lose games, and if you're going to get beat three and four nil at home in Europe, which we did anyway. Why not try? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You, you start the game on the front foot and there's a fear that they might pick us apart, quote Robbie Nielsen. Well, as Gordon touched, they fucking did anyway because we thought it was a great idea to back a manager who likes to play three centre-halves and start the season with three centre-halves. And then two of them get injured because we were playing two games a week for the first three months of the fucking season. And then act surprised that injuries happened because, oh, well, we've only made another £8 million this year. How can we afford a new centre-back? It's a disgrace. It is an absolute joke. And we're going to piss away third place in the league if we keep this up, by the way. And it's going to cost us even more money. And I'm going to be fuming when Aberdeen end up in Europe next season. David, do you, do you share these opinions of, of these two? I'm aware we've had 10 minutes of them ranting. We've just only brought you in here. <laughs> Sorry, I was eating my lunch, Ross. It gave me a time to digest all not only my food, but all the barrage of abuse for Nielsen. And to be fair, I do agree. Um, I think it's, it was a disgraceful performance on, on Thursday. My real worry, Ross, you know, the form's been poor since probably April last season. Uh, and we've got, what, five more games in October, three away in the league, Celtic at home, sandwiched in between, and then two European games in there. I mean, if we pick up a point in any of them, I'd be surprised, Ross. Seriously, I think it's going to be, what, it's 4-19 now in terms of wins. Be what, 4-25 come the end of this month, I think. Um, and I don't know why, to be perfectly honest, we are going to these games because we're clearly, you know, freaks of nature that just decide we've got nothing else better to do our time than watch these losers lose again. I mean, I don't know why I go to these places. My record of them is shambolic when we were decent. So no, it's um I, I completely agree with the previous two speakers, <laughs> um Ross and it, it really is the fear of life. I mean, people are always like you know if you're in you're in and around the top six come the World Cup break, you know that that that's good. Who's that good? The rest of the teams, I'm not being funny, are complete and total shit. And the only reason that we're in this position is like Matty said, we've absolutely had a disgraceful transfer window where we've just signed people that have replaced the ones that have left. I haven't actually thickened up the squad any more than it was last season. And like you say, who's, it's, a, it's like a surprise we have injuries. It's like the Levine school of injuries all over again. People drop in like flies and then we didn't have enough players to fucking fill the places in. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's been the most raging I was after the game for quite some time, Ross. Um, and I'm still pretty fuming uh, about it now, I must say. Does the club lack ambition, David? Uh to an extent, yes, it does. I think they were ambitious enough to change the structure at the top. And you know what? They, they, they talk a good game. I think they talk about how they want to challenge the old firm, how they want to constantly be in Europe next season and for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, becoming the second force in Scotland, not the third. But at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words. And what we're seeing is a shadow of what they, t- what they claim they want to do. Yeah, third was good last season. 
you know, pissed it, but really it was only because half the teams in the league were absolutely horrendous and we just managed to win the bread and butter games, well, some of them, that the rest couldn't do. And then now you're looking about and you go, well, if you want to be challenging Raging Celtic, you've got to act like them. They, they deal with Europe every every season. And you if you want to act, try and challenge those two, and yeah, we'll come on to the Rangers game, I'm sure, and put in pissy, pissy performances like that, then what chance have you got? And, you know, it's the same old, it's, it's like, I've been hearing it for years how Hearts want to do this, Hearts want to do that, but you just get, you just become numb to it now because you just know that whatever they say is never going to happen. It's all, you know, gobbledygook, complete rubbish. And, you know, I'm sure we'll hear some rubbish uh, this Sunday about after we get beat off Kelly 3-0, after Lafferty rattles in a hat-trick and Dell gets it right up us. Um, and we'll just hear the same old, you know, you know we're back, you know, we're, we're, we understand fans' frustration. We want to be that club that's challenged ever. Honestly, I turn off to it now, Ross, I really do. And I do think, I think, yeah, overall, there is a lack of ambition. They talk a good game, but really in practice, it's not good enough. Gordon, should the club just get on with the job instead of talking about getting on with the job? I don't think there's a, a another football club in the world that is full of bigger joke artists than, than Hearts. Manchester um, United, Everton. Yeah, actually, sorry, I stand corrected. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of Scottish football, probably, um, you know, we, we love to come out and, and say, and, and Nielsen actually is is very good at it, um, almost telling the fans what they love to hear. You know, we are going to be aggressive. Uh, you know, our plan is to win every game. We expect to win. Uh, we want to challenge for the titles and trophies and blah, 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 blah. And you listen to this pish every year. Um, you, fa- you, you face the old firm every single year and we come up short. We come away with, you know, a 3 4 nil defeat. Um, and it's frustrating. Um, because it's, it's constantly every season. And then, you, you know, see if your manager came out and says, listen, you know, we're going to do our very best to try and win the game. We know it'll be a difficult match. Um, we're playing against a top team, but we have a plan to try and deal with them. Hearts fans aren't stupid. You know, they know that they've got a... Uh, no one's expecting Hearts to turn up and go and turn Rangers over 3-0. Nobody's expecting Hearts to go and turn Fiorentina over 3-0. Um, but there's going to be a level of performance and there's going to be a, a, an actual structure and, and, and almost a clear identity to what you're trying to do to win the game. And <clears throat> I've not seen that. And it, the last three games, I've walked out as soon as a third goal's been rattled into us. And it's been a carbon copy of each game. Uh, the Rangers game, I thought, yeah, I don't even know what I thought. You know, I thought it would be a difficult game, but I expected us to compete. I didn't expect us to come away with a 4-0 defeat. I really didn't see that coming. And the, the first goal, you know, Cholak is the easiest goal he'll score all season. He's standing in the middle of nowhere, six-yard box. He doesn't even have to jump for the header. He just pops it in because there's centre-half's nowhere near him, nowhere near marking him. Second goal, and to be honest with you, they should have actually had a penalty two seconds before that. Um, we got away with that one. You thought, right, there's a wake-up call. Wake up now and get in at this game. And we just always start these games so, so slowly. Um, and it costs us every single time because teams don't even have to work hard for their goals. And that is the most disappointing thing for me. And then you've got to say, right, well, who... Who do you blame for that? Is it the players? Are they just not good enough? For me, players are good enough. It's a good squad of players. One that should, shouldn't should be coming away with 4-0 defeats. Particularly when you see um, teams like Motherwell and, you know, even Hibs taking, you know, Hibs through 2-2 with Rangers not that long ago, um, going and competing with these sides. And then, you know, we turn up, we constantly get turned over and you think to yourself, right, well, what's, What's actually going on here? And it, for me, the buck has to stop with the manager because he's the one that's sent the team up to play this way. And I, I don't believe for a minute that he's sent that 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 there on Thursday, and and it just it just epitomised and summed up his entire tenure. Um, <clears throat> I look back to when we beat Celtic on the opening day of the season last season. Within eight seconds, Andy Halliday's running out to the goalkeeper to press. Right now, it's not going to actually achieve anything, and it didn't achieve anything. However, it set the tempo. And Hearts went 1-0 up four minutes later. Um, that, for me, is, is how you start a big game against a better side. You, you, you get in their faces, you don't give them any space, and then naturally you'll come a, a little bit deeper as the game goes on. Of course you will. That's just, that, that, that just happens against good teams. You'll give up possession, they'll create chances. No one's expecting that not to happen. But if you start so passively, so negatively, it gives the side that you're playing against such an easy opportunity. Um, and that's exactly what's happened here in the last three games, the Istanbul game, the Rangers game, and then Fiorentina there. 
you read quotes like that saying, did we press them high? Did we leave huge gaps? Right? Well, I'm sorry, you never done that in the first two games. And then we, we've come away with, with two 4-0 defeats. So wh why not change it going into this game? Why, why do you continue to do the exact same thing, thinking somehow it's going to change? Complete delusion. And it just sums the man up. He doesn't learn from his mistakes. Um, and if the club are really serious about wanting to challenge the old firm, wanting to be bigger and better, then they should sack him and bring someone in that's actually going to do the job. But they're not going to sack him, Matty, are they? I don't think they will. Um, I think Gordon touched on something there that I, I really I don't understand. Like We talk about our tactical setups, especially... And we can, we can sit here and we can criticise Nielsen's mindset all we want. We are sitting in a situation now, when you look at the squad that we've got, right? We all know where our weakness is in terms of who's fit. We know we're weak at centre-back, right? That therefore makes the rest of the back four weak. So we're, we're in a situation now where I ask the question, why are we sitting in a low defensive block inviting pressure onto us against teams that are clearly better than us when we don't have the players fit that are equipped to deal with that? If you're playing deep against against Fiorentina, right, take that as an example, and you've got Halkett and Rolls in the park, and you've got players that are going to be able to compete, win balls, hold the line, play offside, put tackles in, you've got a chance. I don't like watching football that way, but if you're going to play that way, you need to defend well. You're not going to defend well with two left-backs and a 19-year-old in a back three. It's just not going to happen. So the big thing for me is, tactically, why are we setting up this way? Why are we going into games thinking, oh, we'll try and sneak a 1-0? Because we don't have the players available to do that. So we should be going out. We should be accepting that we're going to be leaving gaps at the back. And take risks, move forward, play our more attack-minded players in these games and try and get goals. Because we know we're in a situation right now where we're probably going to concede. I look ahead to Kelly on Sunday and I think we're probably going to concede against Kilmarnock. So the only way for us to win that game is to go and set our stall out and try and outscore them. Because I don't think that our back four, which is going to be, I mean, you can you can pick it now. It might be Atkinson, but it's probably going to be Smith. Um, it's then going to be Nielsen, Kingsley, and Cochrane because there's no one else fit available, right? We know that back four is not good enough. On an individual basis, they're probably all decent enough footballers, but Kingsley's not a centre-half. He's a left-back. He can do a job in a back three on the left-hand side. But so can Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney's not a centre-back either. He's a left-back. They can do a job in a back three, right? I look, at, I look at Cochrane, I think he had a very strong start to the season, but he's losing confidence week on week because he's playing in a team that's not playing very well. We need to go out and attack because Kelly are going to score, right? They will. There's just no doubt in my mind about that. If they don't, it'll be because they miss sitters and Craig Gordon has a world-class game if he starts, right? We need to go out and try and get people up near Shankly. We need to get balls in the box. We need to get Forrest, Mackay, um, probably Grant. Um, being the three or Humphreys, you start one of them up beside him. When you players in the box, when you start trying to get goals in, because our best chance of winning on Saturday is going to be winning 4 2. It's not going to be winning 1 0. And I don't think you'll set up that way. I think you'll set up to contain again because it's all he seems to know how to do. And if that's how we're going to do it and that's how we plan on setting up, where was the forward planning? Because if you want to play a back three, you need more than three centre backs. And that's all we've got at the football club, and two of them are injured. Like, what's going on? So as much as we can criticise Nielsen, and I will, and to be honest with you, I think if he doesn't buck his ideas up, then there's going to be not just people like us asking questions. It's going to become the whole fan base and he's going to be in serious trouble because it's starting to go that way. But you got to go higher than that for me. You've got to ask questions of the recruitment team who up until this summer I was a big fan of. I think they've done well the last few windows but didn't do enough. I've got to ask questions about was there enough money released to the recruitment team? Was it a case of... We couldn't identify the right options, but there was options there. There was money available to bring them in. Or was the budget not put in place by, by the board above? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'd like to know. We need reinforcements. I think, they, um, I, think, yeah. I, think I think in terms of the recruitment team, um, they identified players that unfortunately were just out of their reach, um, which I, 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 I like the ambition of that, but you've got to be realistic at the same time. And um, and certainly that that that's what I heard had happened, and I think they left themselves short. And um, they tried to get these players in, they didn't. They obviously didn't have a backup, and then you know we got to the time just ran out. Um, I believe Snodgrass was on their list right away. Um, he was one of them that they wanted to get in, but again, he was maybe like three or fourth down on a list um, that they spoke to, but they couldn't get him in um, ahead of the the, the window closing now. 
clearly he was happy to come to Hearts, but that that's a deal that you feel should have been rushed over the line. Um, the Humphreys one was screaming in desperation, although I think he's actually looked okay the last couple of games. Um, probably should have started against Fiorentina because he, he certainly offered a lot more than what Shankland did. Um, but you know, if you, I'm all for being ambitious, but you've you've got to have a decent squad there first and foremost um, to to sign a marquee signing. Now we all know the marquee signing that we wanted to sign that was Ellis Sims. For me, I think a deal could have been done there, but they they, they didn't do enough. And we talk about risks; it's almost it's almost similar to. Um, to, to the way that we, we set up and play football uh, uh, with our manager. You know, you almost feel like the club don't take risks. Pay a little bit extra money to get the player over the line because in the end, they probably will make you that money back. And I think that's where they've got, they've got to be ambitious in the transfer market. Yes, absolutely. But you've also got to actually back it up by paying the sort of money that, that needs to, to bring in these players. And I think that's probably where the club fell short. We don't take enough risks, David, do we? As a football club, no, it's very safe, isn't it? And I think it's the it's chalk and cheese. The previous uh, ownership, obviously, where it was risk galore and it was exciting, and you know, we won trophies. I understand it's not a sustainable way to run a football club, and I'm not championing for that to come back. Far from it. Oh, I am. Oh, well, listen, Ross. If personally, it was a good laugh, but you know, don't know if I can take another Lithuanian stroke Russian mafia, especially right now. You know. Don't think they've got enough rubles in the world to buy hearts, maybe at the moment. But it's 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 so frustrating because every fan wants. I mean, obviously, hearts are a big enough club to be third every season. It should and that should be happening. There shouldn't be anyone else finishing third other than hearts. But like you say, it's such a safe club at the top. They never take a risk, and when there is the opportunity to take a risk, it's such a half-assed attempt at doing so. And the transfer window is the perfect example of that. You know, we've spent, we've really only paid for what one player, no, two players, sorry, Shanklin and Keo, right? It's not even amassed up to the total. Well, from what you hear, anyway, the two total sums don't even add up for our most expensive signing in history. So, is that really taking risks when you know you've got your guaranteed three, four million pounds? No, no, it isn't. And it's not just that as well. <clears throat> How many times? I mean, the club in general, it is, it is safe, and people. People go on about, you know, the atmosphere at Tincastle as well. That doesn't help. doesn't help when you don't attack in home games. I mean, that's, that's the frustrating thing as well. Because you look at the home games, you're like, well, that's where you should take risks. Away from home, I would understand setting up like that. But at home, I find it, it's disgraceful, really. And, like, it just goes back to the whole short-changed argument. But it, you, just go, you just look at it and you're just like, yeah, except getting beat, you want to go and have a go against these teams. Performances like that against the old firm get you absolutely ridiculed, and rightly so. What difference is it with Fiorentina? I understand, you know, Fiorentina have a, what, a £40 million player in Jovic and uh, up top, they've clearly got a very good squad. Same with that Istanbul Bissak year. But you also look at Rangers Celtic, they've got players worth £15-20 million in there as well. And if we turn up like that, which we did obviously the week before against Rangers, you get slaughtered till the cows come home. So then I, I hate the self-pitying, oh, you know, they're a good team, can he challenge, got to take your hat off and all that. No, it's the exact same for me, that it is, you play the old firm, you go out, you challenge them. You don't have, it doesn't have to be pretty. And football's not a complex game. It really isn't. But it does feel like our manager's trying to make it as difficult as possible for not only himself, but his players. And then, yeah, as Matty touched on as well, you have to look higher than the manager when you look at what we've got currently in the squad. Because it's not just that. You look on the bench and you just go, crisis. <laughs> How do you change it? What do you do? Like There's there really such a lack of just any sort of a real game-changing player on that bench. The Snodgrass one is pathetic in general because he, he can't play in Europe. A guy who we can't, and we barely utilised him in the league as well. I mean, he's played, what, maybe 60 minutes in two games? The devil, oh yeah, I could go on and on and on, Ross, I really could. But it's so frustrating that the potential for this club is massive at the moment and we're really not utilising that. And if we don't, we slip back into our old ways, we'll be finishing sixth and seventh again like we were under Levine. And like, Matty said, you can let another club take that position third, they take the money going to Europe, maybe they have a bit more ambition and stick with it. So it's a re this should be a, the biggest wake-up call Hearts have had in a while. And if they don't wake up, we're in some serious, serious trouble. Just to touch on what David said there, I mean, um, that I think that's the biggest concern. I mean, we, we'll, we can moan and complain about the, the Rangers game, which we've not really went through. 
the Fiorentina game, the Istanbul game, that's everyone's going to agree with us there. I don't think looking on the internet, you're not going to hear anything here that you've not heard on there. But for me now, we're in a situation that's we're recording this before the Kelly game. The Kelly game's on the 9th of October. And I'm in a situation now where I'm praying for the World Cup and we're hoping that we can get to the World Cup in a position where we're still in the race. I think we might be, and we're hoping for a good January and we're going to need reinforcements there. And that's the biggest thing for me, the biggest regret from this season. We touched on it back in August on this podcast and got slated for it. Um, it took about a month or so for the rest of the fan base to catch up, but we were calling it there at the time. We hadn't done enough and it was clear. It was so clear at the time to me. Uh, I know Gordon mentioned it. I wasn't sure if David was on that one, but I know he definitely mentioned it to me in passing at some point uh, during that time. You know, Calvin that comes on said the same thing. Um, obviously, Spencer didn't, but the man's a deluded fraud. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no. But on a serious note, like, where do we go from here? We need to we need to try and get ourselves back in the third. It's still a, it's still a massive carrot. And I don't, I don't think that we're in a position where we're going to achieve that this season, unless we can make bring in some reinforcements in January. And to be in that kind of a situation really makes me ask questions of what we were doing in the summer, because our baseline wasn't there. Gordon says that we did target, or apparently we targeted players that didn't quite come to us. But if you're going to do that, you need to have contingency plans in place. And I'm not saying that you just go out and sign anybody, but there was an argument for me that we could have done with anybody that's a centre-back. Like, I know that's going down Levine territory, but you look at Snodgrass. Snodgrass is the kind of player that you bring in when you need a body. He's 35 years of age. He's probably got a year in him. Bringing one of them in at centre-back wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. Turns out we would have needed him. He'd have been playing week in, week out, probably too much, probably got injured as well. But it would have been something to build from, and we just don't have it. We just don't have that there. I can't pick a team for Kelly at the top of my head right now that I think's got a chance to go out there and win. And that scares me for the rest the rest of this season, or at the very least up until January. I don't know what the rest of the you guys think about it. Maybe I'm being too negative after the last few games, but I'm struggling to see where the next win even comes from. And that's the biggest worry for me. Where do we go? I think you, you only have to look back at the League Cup game um, <clears throat> against Kilmarnock. And I thought we were just so short on the ideas that night. Um, and I, I could see tomorrow being exactly the same thing. Um, if, for me, I think Hearts are, are a dream to play against, um, particularly when you're a team that isn't blessed with a lot of pace. Because you know, if you've got pace, you can naturally you, you can break teams down. You can batter them. Um, eventually, you can get you cut them up again behind them. But Istanbul didn't have any pace. I don't think Rangers are necessarily blessed with pace either. Um, and then Fiorentina are definitely not ble- blessed with pace. Um, so you say to yourself, well, you know, there's three teams there that aren't blessed with pace and all three of them have rattled in, what was it, is it 11 goals, 12 goals, whatever? Um, and we've not even had a single reply. I mean, the two European games, I think we had in each game we had two shots on target or something. Um, the Rangers game, again, absolutely nothing in the first half. Um, and then we go down to 10 men and actually they clearly just took their foot off the gas and, and were happy to just sit in and, and we had more of the ball. But Again, we didn't really do anything with it. Um, so it's just the, the, the whole thing for me is that the, they're a club that's that's blessed with good players. And I think if someone was to come in um, and, and and with fresh ideas, you would, you would see an upturn pretty quickly. Um, but the problem is I look at players, and, and Matty mentioned Cochrane there. He looks like he's lost his confidence. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, even guys like Barry Mackay and things like that, they aren't able to get into the game because you're not playing them in the right positions. You're not getting the best out of these players. And why would you go into a football game, a big game like Fiorentina, um, under the lights? The atmosphere could be absolutely electric. And you're asked basically just to sit in your own half. Why on earth would you, um, would, would you actually enjoy playing that way? Um, how's that going to get the best out of you? Um, when when you're basically your only job is to stop the other go the, the other team conceding, um, so yeah, I can I can totally understand why why maybe the players aren't necessarily playing for them um, when when they're setting up that way, and it looks like that to me. To be honest with you, they're not running into tackles, they're not getting tight to players. Um, I think he's actually lost the dressing room, and I I think the last three games kind of kind of epitomise that. I I don't think they believe in what he's asking them to do. 
Um, and that's when you've got a, a massive problem. The unfortunate thing for us is, um, do do they have the bottle to change it? Um, with Mrs. Budge in charge, absolutely not. But maybe other board members now might put enough pressure on to get someone else in. And and people always come up with the age-old argument, well, who'd you get in? Look at the last three managers, Levine, Stendhal and Cathro. Well, I'm sorry, but that's, again, that's another negative view to look at. Why why are you going back and looking at, well, Robbie Nielsen's the best you're going to do? He's not the best we're going to do. Absolutely not by a stretch. But um, they're, not, they're not good at picking managers. Oh, clearly they're not. Well, one woman certainly isn't good at picking managers. Um, and she shouldn't actually be at the football club anymore, in my opinion. But, I mean, that's maybe a story for another day. Um, for me, it's, it's, the, the Hearts are a very attractive job. They've got a lot of good players. They've got a decent budget. Any top manager, I think, who's out of work um, would look at that and think, yeah, that, 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 that's a pretty attractive job. I could do a lot with that club. Um, and the, But, the, the, again, the question is... Um, Who'd you go out and get? Are you ambitious enough to go and get a decent manager? Um, there was all that talk before we uh, we brought in Stendhal. I mean, I actually thought Stendhal was a could have been a decent appointment had had he been brought in in the right circumstances. Had he been brought in in the summer, given a full transfer window, you never know how that could have went. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they've got to be bold. And I just think, you know, Nielsen, he's done an okay job. It has been an okay job. Um, yeah, he got them promoted and. It was a good turnaround, um, got us back in a year. But this is still the guy that overseen three of our, some of our worst results in our history, um, due to his incompetence, and his negativity. Um, so, but still it is what it is. Talent, though, beat them. Infinite talent. Aye. Well, even then, that was a slog that day. I think that's the only European tie he's actually won, isn't it? Well, no, I mean, we, we, we beat uh, Riga a couple of weeks ago by playing a decent brand of football and actually getting the best out of the players. You know, he had, like, uh, George Grant was playing in his actual natural position. He wasn't asked to be a central defensive midfielder, which he clearly isn't. Um, you know, he was he was playing players in the right position. As well, he had Ginelli starting that day, and Ginelli was actually in the mood to, to have a go at players, and that meant that Shanklin wasn't as isolated and, and standing in the middle of the halfway line, unable to do anything. That's that's how you approach European games. You're big, bold, strong. You get your good players in the park. Mackay was was brilliant that night. A lot of, I mean, some of his touches were a bit. Uh, um, sorry, it was more his final ball that let him down a little bit. But he was excellent that night, and he was very much in the game. And you seen the one moment where um, we we did cut Fiorentina open was he got the ball. Finally, I think it took him about 25, 26 minutes. Got the ball. Put a beautiful ball through Ginelli, who I think was just offside. I'm not sure. I thought the Lionel was very quick to put his flag up. Um, and in the end, um, that was our only really kind of chance in, in that first half. And that all stemmed from him. And if you just have him out hugging the touchline um, and not being able to actually get involved in play, then you get all you deserve. And I think that comes down to the manager. You know, he's almost asking him to defend first before he attacks. And that's unacceptable. It really is. Do you give us any hope, David, for the next three games, LA, Fiorentina, and Aberdeen? No. No, I don't. Um, three away games on the spin um, grounds the well. Certainly for Tawdry, it's a ground that we don't really have a good history at in recent time. Last one there was 2016. Um, I mean, I've seen countless pumpings there over my time. Um, I've got that dump. And an away game in Florence after just bitching us on our own turf only three days prior um, just now. Uh, no, I don't give us any hope. Um, but we'll hear the same old, you know, it's tough with these players, you know, they're going through a lot, you know, two games in the space of a week and all that. Most pathetic is the fact that after 65 minutes on Saturday, on Thursday night there, we look fucked. Like, I've never seen a team look so tired by October. It was bad enough in September. And he brand, I still can't go over, he brandished out mental and physical fatigue seven games into the season. So, those type of excuses, you're never going to progress. And to be perfectly honest, Ross, I don't see any way we're going to come out of the, this month with a single point. Maybe I'm being negative, but, I mean, if someone could put a positive spin on these uh, run of fixtures we've got, then I'll have whatever they're drinking. Because, for me, I just don't see any way out of this uh, month with a single positive result. Honestly, that fatigue line, if, any, if, any, if, any, 
I know Gordon, Gordon, some of the quotes that Gordon sort of brought out after the Fiorentina game were, were pretty bad. But that fatigue line's up there with spinning minute, money spinning replay for me, man. I mean, oh, we've got mental and physical fatigue. I'm like, no shit. If, if only we knew that we had all these games coming up for four months before <laughs> that fucking line got trotted out. If only we had three months to do something about it and bring in enough players so we didn't have mental and physical fatigue. I mean, that would have been a nice step in the right fucking direction, wouldn't it? I feel like I'm repeating myself. I say this every week, but Jesus Christ. We, we, we knew in April that this was coming. And our squad, which we said was too small in May, is still too small. And we're playing more games in a more condensed fixture schedule than there ever has been because there's a World Cup in November. It's fucking insane. And to be honest with you, the fact that we were allowed to get into this situation is something that needs properly addressed. And for me, people's jobs should be on the line for getting us into this kind of a situation because it's absolutely unacceptable way to run a football club. To be playing twice a week for three months that you knew was coming for four months and not address it in terms of your squad is amateur shit and it's embarrassing and it's costing us massively. And this is well, Ross. This is from a club. This is as well the club that's just happy to be there. You know, we should be in the Europa League and we bottled it. But everyone's like, you know what? It's such an achievement to get in the Conference League. We only did that by finishing third and the old firm won the Scottish Cup. That's the only reason we're in the Conference League. We should be in the Europa League if we had any balls about us and actually had a go at Zurich in the away game instead of one up after 15 minutes or whatever it was and shut up shop. And then we'll behold, we'd do a classic Hertz and concede two goals. Can't blame for the home fixture, but it's stuff like that. And, and you'll hear nothing about it from higher up because, you know, we're just happy to be there. It's an achievement to get there in itself. It's an achievement, essentially, then, for them to, say, to finish third. So if that's what they're happy with every season, then there's no danger Nielsen's getting sacked anytime soon. We all know that because they're just happy to be there. Gordon, do you, do you give us any hope for the Aberdeen game coming up as well? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I don't think they're a great side by any, any means. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Hearts two four, on, four points out of their next two games to uh, in the league anyway, um, <clears throat> just because I, I don't think these sides are particularly great and he'll have to change something otherwise. I generally think he will be um, in the unemployment line because I, I don't see how you can you can justify his current um, like Hearts' current form and, and not make a change, um, particularly when you know we were third in the league and Hibs were on a similar run last season. They sacked Jack Ross, um, and I think where Hearts are at the moment, um, do they ride it out? I don't know. I I, I think. I'd like to think there'll be a reaction on on Sunday. Um, Kelly aren't a great side. They've they've conceded a fair amount of goals this season. Um, so if we do change our approach, um, we are bold. Then um, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Hearts won the game. Um, the Aberdeen game will be a massive one naturally, coming off you know the Fiorentina game. But they shouldn't really be tired after Florence if um, they've done exactly what they done on Thursday there because they didn't even break a sweat playing the game. So. Um, there shouldn't be any fatigue that night. Um, who knows? Who honestly knows? Uh, Aberdeen's a, a, a notoriously shite place for us to go. Um, terrible record up there. Haven't seen us win there in about 12 years or something. Um, me, obviously not Hearts, but um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I've always got that kind of pessimistic look at Hearts games and Part of me always thinks that um, we're going to get beat because that's just what happens. But then again, I get to the game, I think, yeah, we'll win the day. And then we don't. And I'm just like, fucking usual shite. Um, but if you're on Tina there, I was convinced. Yeah, I was at like, Arsenal, we'll be winning that game. Same with the Rangers game as well. And then I turned up to Tynecastle, I thought, yeah, we're winning today. Definitely winning today. Four minutes in, bang, 1-0 doing the base games. So I don't know. Uh, I've uh, just googled it. it. I, I I need. I I can't even stay quiet. I've just googled it. Anyone want to know Zurich's current league position? Yeah, the probably league. We should be in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, but it's worse. It's worse than that. It's played nine, one zero, drawn three, lost six. We are minus thirteen goal difference. Yeah. So they've won. They've won two games this season. So yeah. champions. <laughs> yeah, they've won two fucking games this season. See the and he played a back five. Yeah. The, 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 that thing with Zurich, 
it will always be the first leg that let us down. And people were saying, you know, oh, it's it's not a bad result. It's not a bad result. We'll get we'll get back to time. It was a shocking result. And they were murder. It was a great performance. Like it, that first half was a brilliant performance. Probably the best we've played all season. To 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 be fair, the energy was exactly how every European game should have been. That's how the Istanbul game should have been. By the way, um, it's how the Fiorentina game should have been. Should have should have been getting right at them with that energy from the first minute. There was no reason why they shouldn't have replicated that. Yeah, we lost the game on the night one 0 We're down to ten men. It's unfortunate. These things do happen. You dust yourself up, but you learn the lessons from that. And you go back to the the, the Zurich game. We're very poor. Similar performance to to Istanbul at home, Fiorentina at home, where clearly the game plan was just not to lose. Um, sorry, even losing was all right because he looked buzzing at full time that he had only lost by a goal. Um, so and we get them back to Tynecastle. Yeah, we start well, lots of chances. Um, and unfortunately, it just doesn't happen for us. The, se- the second game, fine, you can accept that because that- that's the way you want your team to play. The first game, absolutely not. And uh, it sums the manager up. And I think if um, if we did have a- 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 an ambitious manager, I think uh, we would have been in the Europa League. Now, I'm not saying that-, that we would have had a single point. We probably would have came away with the similar beatings that... Um, that uh, Zurich have currently got. I think they lost, was it 6-0 or something against PSV? Was it yeah, but we would have been getting beat in London and fucking Holland. Exactly, exactly. No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I've, I've no issue with that. And I think when top teams beat you, then you can accept that. And it goes back to my point earlier on about um, when we lost Tottenham. Um, it's the same stamp, you know, if PSV Eindhoven rock up at Tynecastle, beat us 4-5-0, and they've scored, well, I've seen one of their goals at... Um, uh, when I was scrolling on Twitter earlier on and uh, the boys cut in, beat two players and rattled it in the top corner. You can accept that because it's a bit of brilliance. The goals that Florentina scored, Christ, I would have scored them in the fives. Um, I mean, the boys scored a half volley for the second, but I mean, he had, he had all the time in the world. All the time in the world. Um, shocking defending and hearts with sixes and sevens. Um, they just looked like, you know, clueless donkeys. It was a hot potato. There was no structure to, to our defending. Nobody was picking up their men. Um, and you see yourself, right, well, whose who's fault is that? Well, it's got to be the management team. It's got to be the coaching, uh, the, the coaches. Um, what are they actually doing? What are they actually working on? Um, and yes, you will get found out at a certain level. Um, I think we're being found out due to naive, naivety and, and lack of ambition. I don't think it's necessarily because our players can't compete because they went to Riga, <clears throat> deservedly won the game. Um, I thought they were actually comfortable that night. Yeah, this is the same Riga side that's went to Florence and got a draw and now drew with Istanbul. So <clears throat> the the whole argument that the, the two teams, the two top-seeded teams in this group can't be touched is, is delusion and it's a lack of ambition. And there's no reason why Hearts couldn't have taken points off Istanbul and Fiorentina at home, in my opinion. Um, but they haven't. Um, and they've been well beaten, both of them. And you've got to ask, right, well, is that good enough? No, it's not. And there will always be the argument for these are two good teams, but Hearts went down with an absolute whimper. And the irony is, I had Craig Levine having a pop at the way they played. I mean, this is one of the biggest passive managers you'll ever see. I mean, I remember the guy turned up at Celtic Park when we were top of the league, unbeaten in the league, and said, I wasn't sure my players could hack the three games in, in a week, and uh, oh, it's my fault, I'm sorry. Aye, very good. Didn't even leave her half that day, and we lost 5-0. Same stamp as Nielsen. At least, at least Levine admitted it, though. Nielsen would come out and be like, well, they would have just passed yeah, the ball. Both, it doesn't matter if they met or not. They're both losers. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, the football club has been riddled by losers for a long time. And until you actually get people in with a winning mentality, it's never going to change. And half our support has a winning mentality, in my opinion. They expect uh, Hearts to be doing a lot better. They know that there's a real opportunity for Hearts to do a better. I don't think there's a delusion in the support. No one's expecting Hearts to go and win treble trebles or any nonsense like that. But we do expect to win trophies. Um, <clears throat> we do expect to be getting to um, the latter stages of cup finals. And we expect to be at the top end of the park every season. Um, and I don't think that's unrealistic to say. Uh, we expect to be in European group stage um, competitions. Again, I don't think that's unrealistic. Now, the, the issue is you have a, another side of the fan base who says, oh, we're being outclassed by top-class teams. Uh, if you think Fiorentina and Istanbul are top-class teams, you're absolutely delusional and you do not watch enough football. See that other half of the fan base as well, right? See, just to come on to that, 
I don't know if it was before the Fiorentina game they were coming out and they were like, oh, well, we were playing fucking Queen of the South this time two years ago. Aye, we were playing Queen of the South this time two years ago because the kind of idiots in charge of this football club can't run the football club and got us relegated when we had absolutely no business being in the championship in the first place. So it just goes back to everything that we stand for. Bringing in Joe Savage does not change the loser mentality that comes from the top down with this football club. Thanks, Mrs. Budge. Your loan's been paid back. Well, do you know what? Maybe you should ask uh, Mr. Campbell there, who's in, in this chat here. He had a nice photograph of Mrs. Oh, Budge the other week there. That, you know what? That is a good point. That is, that's a good point, Gordon. I mean, you did get a photo with uh, Mrs. Budge, <laughs> David. <laughs> Listen, Ross, it's not one of my finest moments uh, in the ah, world. You're a fraud. Uh, you're another fraud. Another, <laughs> maybe it should be you in the category of the loser mentality in, in, in the, the, this football club. You should join that category, I think. Predictions for the next three games, guys? Kelly, Florentina and Aberdeen? Beat. Beat. <laughs> Are we just uh, going to beat? I, I think beat, 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 but I'll say um, one nil, Kelly. 6-0 Fiorentina, 2-1 Aberdeen. My? I think it will be 2-0 Kelly. Uh, we'll have a lot of mental and physical fatigue coming in after the back of our European heroics midweek. I think we'll go to Fiorentina. Uh, we'll get beat 5-0, but they, they won't open us up with ease. They definitely won't pass the ball around us because we won't open, our, open ourselves up and allow ourselves to do that. Uh, and then I think we'll go up to Aberdeen and we'll get beat 3-1. I think we'll finally get a goal. And Gordon? Uh, the, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if Hertz went and beat Kelly, to be honest with you. Um, we probably will, because he yeah, does this. He picks up three points uh, when the whole world's against him and he gets kept on for another three months. I don't think it'll be a pretty performance, but I, I could see Hertz winning 1-0 and I, I think I'll stick my neck out in the line and and say that'll happen. It'll be a late goal and we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get away with one and things will look a little bit rosier. We'll go to Florence um, and probably lose 3-0 again. I don't think it'll be... Ma- I mean, I don't think they're a, a great team. I'd like to think the Hearts will go there and they'll be a little bit more expansive and maybe have a go a little bit more and the game might be a little bit tighter and we might have a few more chances. But I think ultimately our defence will cost us um, and we'll probably lose 3-0. Um, the Aberdeen game, I think I think Hearts will get a drop there. Um I don't think Aberdeen are a great side by any any mantle. And I think the, the European dream will be over by then anyway of qualifying. So I think it'll refocus them um, for what will be a, a, a busy run up until the World Cup. So um, I can see us getting a point up there at Aberdeen. And to be honest with you, coming away from Petaudry, um with a point probably would be a bad result for the, the way we're playing at the moment. If we can go and get three points, fabulous. But I, I don't see that being the case at the moment. And I think four points will be enough for him to hang on his job. Thank you all for joining me this week. Goodbye.